Hello, hello, hello. It's another Warrior Wednesday. I know it's been a while, but today's a very special guest. I have a newly published author, Caroline Nadine Helsing. Her story is going to enchant you, guaranteed. After Caroline Nadine's mother passed, she embarked on a journey to discover the intimate details of her mother's life. And what transpired was an amazing novel and memoirs documenting the exciting life of the original party crasher. Today, we're going to explore Caroline's journey as well as her mother's as we dive in and discuss unapologetic tales of the original party crasher. Now, before we get started, could you please leave a great review for this podcast? Because by doing so, it increases the algorithms. It will help more people hear Caroline Nadine's story and transform more lives. Now on with the show. You're listening to the Cosmic Valkyrie podcast. I'm your host, Lynn Louise. My Dharma is to help you completely let go of those limiting beliefs formed from your past trauma so that you can step into the power of possibility. My Evolution 10X Method will help you connect with your inner wisdom and trust, moving you from a hobbyist of your own life into a focused visionary so you can manifest the life that you've always desired. I blend subconscious reprogramming, awareness, and interpretation to help you ascend and align with your higher purpose and your higher self. Here you will integrate with your cosmic consciousness to create the expansion and success you came to earth to experience. Before we get started, just let me state my standard disclaimer that all the answers on this podcast and in general are for informational and educational purposes only and in no way a substitute for individual medical or mental health advice. Welcome back to another episode of the Cosmic Valkyrie. Today, I'm really excited to interview Caroline Nadine Helsing. She is a published author. So first, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and your book and how it relates. Sure. Well, first, thank you so much for having me here. It's fun to do this with you. This is a new journey for me. However, I've written my whole life. I've always loved writing. And so originally from Hawaii, and I, I used to do a lot of commercial work and that's what brought me to the mainland, to California. You know, I was in the, the ent- entertainment industry in LA for about eight and a half years. And in my uh, eighth year, I had gotten a new mattress, a new bed that was higher than my old one. And my little, I had a little Lhasa Apso dog that used to jump up and sleep with me and he couldn't get up anymore. And his little legs, he would try and then he would fall off, poor thing. And so of course, you know, at the time I'm looking for some kind of a step or ramp and I couldn't find anything. At the time there was nothing. So I made a a dog step, you know, friends found out and they wanted to uh, see if I could make them one, that kind of thing. And I've always been a little entrepreneurial my whole life. So I formed a company. I made these steps. I added then t-shirts with slogans on it. So we had about 250 different sayings. So I had that company about 10 and a half years. It's what brought me out of Los Angeles to Orange County, which is where our warehouses were and everything. Once I sold that, 
I needed to take a break. I needed to take a step back. So I actually got into volunteer work and was involved with Rotary Group down here. And we went to different clinics within California and internationally. They were mobile medical clinics. Did multiple clinics in Mexico, India, where we uh, administered polio vaccination into the Amazon and so forth. So it was very exciting and I would write about it. That's where I'm my long-winded answer to your question, but I would write about it and I would submit it to papers and then I would, you know, take photos. So I would document. I I've always been someone that loves to record. I'm very uh, nostalgic. So it's just, I mean, I would have done it anyway, but sort of reignited my love of creativity and of writing. Then my mother unfortunately passed. I had talked with her and I promised her that I would take her back to all of her favorite places in, in New York City, which is where she was originally from. I did that and I had this incredible journey with her, looking at all the places that she'd ever talked about in her youth. And I kind of like saw it through her own eyes. And then just in packing up her life, came across all the things that she had ever told me about. So, you know, in the past, you know, it's almost like when you hear stories, it's wispy. And, and then when you come across these items, these photos, you know, whatever it is, it's tangible, it's proof. And I started writing about it because that's what I do. I mean, I've always journaled. And for me, writing is such a therapeutic experience. And it really, really helped me get through that experience. It helped me just kind of make sense of everything. So I started writing these stories down. You know, at first I thought maybe this will just be for me. I didn't really know it was going to turn into what it did, <laughs> but I wrote a story and then I would write another and then I would write another and I just loved the process. And I finished the book in a, in a year. <laughs> it wound up going live and available on her birthday, which is incredible because it wasn't planned. It was supposed to be at another date. So I thought that that was like a little sign and blessing from my mom. So I want to back up because a lot of the women that listen to my podcast are entrepreneurs or they're working in that nine to five, trying to build their business to the point that they can exit and have their own. I love this story because so many women have this idea, become an entrepreneur, and then I'll figure out what I'm going to do. But every single entrepreneur that I know has first found what it is that they have or the value that they have and kind of stumbled into it, right? I love that. You made it and they came. Yeah, that's the thing my whole life has been like. I mean, I feel like if you just follow your bliss, if you do what you enjoy in whatever way, whatever it is. For me, money was never a driving factor. It was always, am I doing what I enjoy, what I love? Do I feel like I'm making a difference? Am I you know, contributing to society in some way that I'm proud of? And then those are the things that tend to be successful. Most of my life, I have either had my own business. I've never really had to go into an office, the nine to five type thing. Well, and um, it's all about working in alignment. Yeah. If you're not aligned with it, it's not going to make you money. And we know that manifesting money does not come from hard work and hustle. That doesn't create the result. It's who you're being right. on the inside and how that reflects out into your external circumstances that really creates that. And so as long as you yeah. are always following your bliss, you're always going to be attracting more and more abundance into it. So I love that I, I had to touch on that for sure. But now I want to talk about your journey coming to terms with your mother passing, because it seems like you are quite close to her and the journey into New York City just sounds enchanting. My father has passed. My mother is still here with us, but I never wanted to envision my life without my parents. I was uh, fortunate that my father didn't pass until he was well into his 80s. 
and I was in my fifties. So yeah, so it was a much different experience than someone younger, like my husband himself lost his father when he was in his twenties. And it's a much different story, right? It is. Yeah. My mother was in in her eighties as well, but she had me a lot later in life, but I'm so sorry to hear about your loss. That's it's never easy. No matter how long ago it was, no matter if it was three days ago or 30 years ago, it's tough and it comes to you in waves, doesn't it? You know, you're fine. And then something will trigger music is what does it for me. I don't know what does it for you, but oh, gardening, but my perspective, yeah, my perspective, uh, I don't fear death. And so I learned a long time ago that they're still here with us. It's just not where we're used to looking for them. So when I'm out in the garden and I feel his presence or out hiking or whatever, but there is definitely those times in our lives where we go, damn it, I fucking miss my dad. And I tell everyone and I cry, you know, that's my physical response to it. I'm human. We're all human. Of course, we're going to miss our parents. It does come in waves. And I love how you took it upon yourself to start writing these stories as a way to process the experience for you. And also with that memory around your mother and bring that in. Can you just share a little bit on how that helped you moving forward and processing that? Yeah. For one thing, it made me feel like she was still with me, very much so. I mean, I'm literally combing through the details of her life. She's always in my mind. I'm creating dialogue as if I'm there. I'm connecting and reconnecting with people from her past, from our past. I loved talking with her best friend, Marilyn. They were this incredible duo in the, the, you know, the, the 50s and 60s together growing up. And there were so many fun stories that she shared with me, which was, they were some of the fun, my favorite chapters to write. Yeah, I mean, it really did feel like she was always there. And, and to be quite honest, when I was done with the book, I was scared because I thought, well, what's going to happen now? You know, am I going to lose my mother all over again? Because she's not going to be here with me. You know, what's going to happen? I'm done. You know, I'm, am I not, you know, am I going to, I'm not going to be thinking and writing about her. And that is so not the case. I mean, I am more busy now and still talking about her, obviously. And she's always going to be there. I love this. um, Now you have all these book signings, you have all these podcast interviews where you're talking about her. Tell me about some of the signs that have occurred that uh, keep encouraging uh, you to go forward. I love the signs. They're they're funny. There's all so many. There's a few that I wrote about in the book. One in particular actually was the night before I was to leave to go to New York, but I was alone for the first time. It was quiet for the first time. You know, after someone passes, there's a, and I talk about this, there's like this energy in the air and you really don't have a whole lot of time with just your thoughts. You do, but you don't. Um, Oh, and I see this, the memorial book where people write um, stories and messages for you. And I hadn't had a chance yet to, to read through it. So I have it in my hands and I read through everything and, you know, it's so touching and it brings you back again. And then I come across this entry that my brother had written. His words were just so beautiful to me. I didn't know they were in there. He'd always expressed himself artistically and such a sweet soul, but man, (laughs) hit the words. And and I was just so taken with, you know, what he'd written. And I, it just did, everything just kind of came at once. And I had one of those ugly cries, you know, and I just dropped. I didn't care if my neighbors heard me. And then all of a sudden I hear this buzzing coming from upstairs. 
so I'm, I'm walking up the stairs and then I see it was my electric toothbrush just dancing around on the, on the, on the countertop that had turned itself on, on its own. And it was enough to get me out of my crying fit. And I a thousand percent know it was my mother. I, I took it like, you know, it's okay. Stop crying. I'm here. I'm here for you. I'm always going to be here. Uh, and it happened so often. It's never happened before, but that toothbrush in those next few weeks just would go on and off on its own. <laughs> Oh God, I have so many. There's another one. I was sitting at my desk. I was just really thinking, mom, are you okay? You know, you just think, are you okay? Just tell me, give me a sign. Are you okay? My iTunes on my computer, which I never listen to music on my computer, suddenly goes on. And that song, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers are dancing, you know, the cheek to cheek, being the heaven, I'm in heaven, that one. That came on. And then, and then it just went off and it was like enough for her to say that. And I just, I knew that was a sign. So many signs I could go on and on. So many. I love that. I just posted the other day about paying attention to signs. So when we're operating at a higher level of consciousness, we have the ability to really see that we're moving in the right direction. One of my top highest values is energy and frequency and The energy around after somebody passes is so intense. I love it that you talk about it's like quiet, yet it's not. You have all this external noise, but you have this like internal peace. Yeah. Energy is so, so powerful. You know, everything is energy. Even after death, I mean, where does energy go? It's still here. It's just transformed into something else. I've heard that manipulation of electrical devices is one of the easiest way for a loved one to communicate with someone after they pass. So that's why the most common things that people experience are flickering lights or the electrical situations that I experienced. Does this experience, is it encouraging you to go through this process again and with another book? I have, I have some ideas. I do. However, this project, I actually just finished an audio version of it. So I'm in the process of editing that. So that's been exciting. And I'm actually um, talking with people in regards to putting it into a, a film. So that's been exciting. Nice. So that is taking uh, a lot of my time at the moment. Will I write another book? I'd love to. I'd love to. So out of curiosity, you're beginning the process of talking about the possibility of it moving into film. Would you be the script writer as well? So what they would like me to do, is they want me in it as well. And I would be, I would be, I'd be playing myself basically. And yes, yeah, I would be, I would like to have my fingers in that as well. But I do, you know, I've never written a script before. So then again, I've never had never written a book before either. So that didn't stop me. But (laughs) um, I like diving in and just figuring things out. (laughs) Flying by the seat of your pants. And like you said earlier in the interview, if it feels good, and it's aligned with you, then you'll go for it. If it's not aligning, there's always that opportunity to say no. You know what we haven't done this entire time is mention the name. Go ahead and tell the audience the name of the book and then where they can find it. And I'll put it all in the show notes. Yeah. The name of the book is called Unapologetic Tales of the Original Party Crasher. And there is a story behind that, too. If you want me to do, I want to hear it. it. I want to hear it. (laughs) It was never going to be called Unapologetic. I had originally wanted to call it Harlow, 
one of the reasons why it's also called Tales of the Original Party Crashers, because my mom was a party crasher in her youth in New York City. She was very, very good friends with Ron Galela, who has actually a, a documentary out about him. It's called Smash His Camera, I believe. But he was, it has been said, like the original paparazzi, Andy Warhol's favorite photographer. Like he shot everyone. And when he was just starting out, he would invite her to these movie premieres in New York and she would go and they would kind of be like, I called it the Bonnie and Clyde of party crashing, except the only shooting being done was the young photographer. And so they would get in and then she'd like, they work as a team, like she'd hide his camera under a table and whatnot. And then she'd go sashay off to look for Sinatra or, you know, and then when she started dating my father, you know, he'd go and meet her at these premieres and she'd introduce him to Ava Gardner, whoever was there. And those were some among some of the things that I had come across in the packing up of her life. You know, I came across these programs and, you know, okay, Ma, yeah, this really happened. These weren't just stories. And I'm like, she kept all of them, but I had wanted to call it Harlow because she had been written up in the New York Post by a columnist that covered all of the happenings around town. And they had given her a nickname called Harlow after Jean Harlow. So they called her that. And that's what I thought the book was going to be called until I talked to one of my former roommates who was also in the book and talking about how unapologetic my mother was. So she stopped me and she said, Caroline, you have to call it unapologetic. That's what you have to call it. And at first I thought, no, 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 I, I already have a name, but it just stuck with me. So that was the impetus for Unapologetic. So that's, that's the name of the book. And then um, it is available on Amazon in paperback and Kindle and also large print. And then um, what's kind of fun too is I'm very active on Instagram, Instagram, Facebook. I will post, I try and do something daily either a photo, a, an old photo of my mother or of us together or videos or whatnot. And so it's kind of fun to like read the book and coinciding with, you know, the photos. Yeah, because there are no photos in the book. I thought that your imagination was a lot more powerful that way, but I like to post it on my social. So you can find me at Caroline Nadine Helsing author on uh, Instagram and Facebook, YouTube, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what I really loved about the title is because it has your stunning mother on the cover and it says unapologetic. And it's such a powerful statement to make to all of womankind that you can be yourself and not have to be apologetic in any way for who you are at a core level or, or anywhere. Absolutely. I just absolutely fell in love with it. She was very authentic and very authentically herself her whole life. And you know, she instilled that in me. And um, I mean, it was, so I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm glad. You yes. I, adorable. Thank you so much for being on today. You're welcome. Thank I'm you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. If you love helping others, then please share this via your social media with friends and family. If you found value in it, they will too. Also, if you have questions, I'm here for you. You can email me questions to thecosmicvalkyrie at gmail.com. I might even use one of your questions on future podcast episodes. Also, I do have a personal request. I believe that we are all here to help each other heal, grow, and evolve. So let's help more people. If you would, please leave a nice review on iTunes. It will help the algorithms and I would be forever grateful. And through your assistance, 
we could transform more lives.